Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Southern Extra. I'm your host, Nathan Dominitz, sports content editor of the Savannah Morning News and savannahnow.com. Georgia Southern Extra, we talk about Georgia Southern football. This is our second episode. We're taping on Thursday, August 25th. And our special guest today, first time guest, hopefully not last time guest, but we have a, a, a good reason for asking that, is Lindsay Goff from WTOC, the sports director. Lindsay, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, we uh, we didn't get to get you on last year, so I'm really glad we got you this year. And we're get, getting you in just under the wire because for those who aren't on Twitter or haven't run into Lindsay in the past uh, half a day or so, Lindsay has some big news, <laughs> bigger bigger news. She's stealing the thunder of Georgia Southern Extra news because Lindsay Goff has new a new job coming up. Lindsay, why don't you let everyone know where, where you're going? Yeah, I've taken a job with uh, WTOC's sister station up in Lexington, Kentucky, which for those that don't know, that is where I went to school. I'm a University of Kentucky graduate. Uh, so I will be, my last day at WTOC is September 30th. So we'll still get a little Eagles football in mm-hmm. before then. And then I am heading back to the Bluegrass State to start with the WKYT sports team up there in October. Well, congratulations. That's extra special. You're like you said, you're Kentucky native. I don't think anybody didn't know that you went to the University of Kentucky, especially during basketball season. Was that a state secret that you were a Kentucky fan? Yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit. <laughs> I, I <laughs> the think worst kept secret in television. <laughs> that's, that's right. I think the, the your group at the, your crew at WTOC, they certainly knew what colors you're going to wear, be wearing on game day. <laughs> so well welcome to the show i'm glad we're getting you just in under the wire um and thanks for not standing us up with all your busy no schedule <laughs> uh and, and Lindsay, of course has been here since uh, february 2019 right 2019 yep. so you've you gotten to see some good times at georgia southern you gotten to see some tough times at georgia southern um here we are we're about a week out a week and two days out from the season opener can you I'll ask you a nice general question, throw it right in there. Okay. Do you feel a, a different sense coming into this season with new head coach Clay Helton than you did uh, in any of the other seasons that you've been here? It's absolutely different. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that different is good or bad, I think it's going to depend on the product they put on the field and wins and losses, but it's definitely different. I've noticed the first thing I noticed at that very first practice that we were at was the tempo. It's high tempo constantly. It's go, 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 run to the next thing. There's no stopping, waiting. There's no goofing off. Like it's very much pedal to the metal, um, big boy division one football kind of attitude. And um, I think that that's interesting and it's hard to get 
a sense of what they're really going to look like because we have been limited on what we can see Mm -hmm. and what they're saying. So I know you're probably in the same boat, you know, we see what we see, but I don't think even we really know what they're going to put out on the field for that first game. Um, And I get it because that, you know, they have the advantage of nobody's seen film on them. Nobody's seen this team. It's gone through a lot of changes. So I get it, but it's hard to have any like, hard opinions when we've seen so little yeah i have a feeling there's like two playbooks there's the one that we see uh actually there might be three there's the one at the scrimmages and then there's the one that they practice and then there's going to be the uh super up-tempo you know watch out uh that they're hoping to put into effect um if not for morgan state then maybe for nebraska a week later um why would you you know uh with it's hard to say no offense to morgan state but and they certainly don't want to blow that game. Um, but Morgan no. State, they have to, they have to win that game. Uh, there's, yes. if you have a must-win game uh, as a, as a Clayton uh, Clay Helton era um, opener, that's it. Because mm-hmm. and I was, I'm going to get to this later. That schedule is really tough. So, so excitement for this first game. A lot of curiosity um, coming off of last season. Uh, three and nine, I believe, overall. Two and seven in the conference. Uh, by all counts, uh, total disappointment. Dismal. Uh, disgusting. I don't know what D word we can go to for for it, but they they bad. they basically bad. bad bad with a D. Uh, so they they're glad. Uh, I think Eagle Nation is glad to put put 2021 behind them and move on. Uh, there's a lot of new faces, a lot of important transfers, but the coaching staff is where it starts. Uh, what has your impression been of Clay Helton so far, from the first time you met him to just seeing him out on the practice field? He's a nice guy. Um, I remember talking to um, Pat Forty, fellow Kentuckian, um, when we were at the SEC championship. And I said, you know, what what do you think of Clay Helton? Because Georgia Southern had just hired him and he said he's the nicest guy in football. (laughs) And he he is a nice guy. Um, But um, he's very much all business. You know, he doesn't he doesn't want to sit and joke with the media, anything like that. It's all right, let's ask your questions and we're going to keep it moving. I got film to get to or whatever it is. Uh, Very nice guy, but very much all business. And he seems like he's got a lot of energy when he's out on the field. Yeah. I haven't quite gotten uh, his sense of humor and my sense of humor. I haven't quite connected with him on that. (laughs) We we don't, we don't, uh, you know, go to the tavern and share a beer after practice. So I don't know if he does that either, but uh, we don't do that. So I don't, I don't, we haven't really had too much downtime, but he, yeah. you're right. He's during, during practice, he's definitely in charge. You hear that coach's voice barking across the field. And I did ask him about being the nicest guy in football at um, in the, in the minutes after the first press conference back in November, I had mm-hmm. studied up a little bit about uh, his time at, at South, uh, Southern Cal. And I said, I, you know, it's weird that in this business, it could be considered a negative, but what do you, cons- what do you think of your reputation for being a very nice guy? And I'm paraphrasing here, but uh, he said, you know, it's okay to be a nice guy off the field, you know, away from right. the stadium. But, but when you're a football coach, you, you know, you got to be all business, like you said, and, you know, he's the son of an offensive lineman, uh, offensive line coach. He, he uh, he's an ex quarterback. He's, this is his whole world, his whole adult life has been in, in college football and he's been at some very uh, prime places. He's worked with some great people and, and um, the, his, the Southern Cal experience has kind of tainted him in, in terms of the national perspective. And I think Georgia Southern is a chance for no, a new chapter, maybe um, 
to, to reinvigorate his reputation because I just read in, in the Sports Illustrated College Football Preview, the Southern Cal uh, preview, and they mentioned Clay Helton coaching at the dismal. I thought that that was a D word that was pretty strong. I'm not saying it, but I'm saying that, you know, that he wrote was, it. Yeah. Yeah. He, I think he was like 80 something and 40 something. He's, he won two out of every three games at Southern Cal. They won bowl games that he was twice nominated for national coach of the year. They won the Pac 12. They won a Rose Bowl. Not too shabby, but the expectations, the bar at Southern Cal, as Lincoln Riley knows or will soon find out, they expect um, a lot. And it's a lot of pressure. And not everybody uh, who, when Clay Helton was brought on board, not everybody was a Clay Helton fan. So he kind of had right. um, the popularity poll was he had to kind of fight his way up that. And he, I don't know if he ever accomplished what he could, but um, on paper, he, he did a fine job there. But uh, in terms of other people's perspective, uh, it was time for somebody else to step in even one-on-one. So Clay Helton has brought together a great staff of young up and coming coaches, uh, what do you think of uh, what you've seen from the staff and how the players talk about their their position coaches? Well, I was a little familiar with um, Ellis anyway, just because he coached at Western Kentucky. And Brian was, Ellis, the that, offensive coordinator. That was the first school I ever covered. Um, oh, okay. I like that they kept uh, Kevin Whitley on staff. Yeah. I think that that has done a lot to, um, what would I say, the, the holdover players, I guess. Continuity, to, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's something stable for them, somebody they know that's been there with them. Uh, but I think he's put together a good staff, and it seems like the players really like their position coaches. You know, I think as far as the transfers, obviously they came there to play for those guys, but the, the players that they did keep on that are from the Lunsford era, you know, they stayed for a reason. Uh, and I think it's because they believe in what, what Georgia Southern and Clay Helton are trying to build. Yeah, you, that's a good point. A lot of good points there. They, uh, one of the first recruiting jobs that Clay Helton had to do was the, the current players, the holdover players yeah. with eligibility. And actually with the way the NCAA is working, everybody pretty much had eligibility left. Uh, it's, right. it's almost hard to it's use so it up. But yeah, I think uh, Todd Bradley Glenn is in his seventh year. Uh, because of Honestly, injuries. good for him. I wish I never yeah. would have graduated. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's, he's working on another a second degree. I asked yeah. him the other, that's the other what I mean, day. That's awesome. He, yeah, he already has one degree. He's working on a second one, a marketing thing or business construction. He has his own construction company. His first season was 2016. His first season at Georgia Southern is 2016. Here in 20, yeah. So everybody he came in with basically has moved on from college is that their first or second job is probably married with kids, maybe looking at re that retirement plan. Todd's still playing. And apparently, according to Danny Reed, voice of the Eagles, he's got another year left. If I guess if he position petitioned for wow. a hardship. So he could, he might be able to eligible for an eighth season. You include the COVID year, the injuries, the, the other injuries. Shirt, He's yeah. fought so many, so many um, ad adversities that we, yeah, like you said, we're all just uh, really hoping he has a nice, healthy year. They're counting on him. I'm going to ask you about the defense and the offense, but it's a good time to take a break uh, while Lindsay thinks about her predictions for a team that she's not going to get to see to the, the very end. But before I get back to Lindsay, uh, I want to plug the best source for local news in Savannah. Sorry, WTSC. The Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com. You got to know what, what station you're on right now. So uh, you want to know about the latest on Georgia Southern football or what high school football teams are hot? Here we are going to the second week of the season. Uh, which teams are not in the Coastal Empire? How about Savannah State Tigers? They, they open up uh, their season uh, next Saturday, September 3rd, as well with the new coach, Aaron Kelton. Sounds like Clay Helton. 
different guy. I, I, I wanted to get a laugh out of Lindsay on that one. Um, um, so we'll catch up with uh, Aaron Kelton and the Tigers and see what's happening on the marsh. We also have uh, that and a lot more, including news, features, and opinion columns. If you aren't a subscriber, now's the time to try us. You can get full access to our digital content. Uh, it depends on the special of the day. Right now, it might be $1 uh, for six months. That's basically giving it away. $1 for six months. It might be $1 a month for six months. It might be a dollar for a month for two years. Go to savannahnow.com slash subscribe now and check out what the specials are and please sign up. That's savannahnow.com slash subscribe now. And let's get back to Lindsay Goff. She's the WTOC sports director. Lindsay's been here since February 2019, not on the show since 2019, but she's been here in Savannah and she's been uh, very nice to come to us because it's an especially busy week because if you missed the beginning of the show, Lindsay had big news to announce that she's going back home to Kentucky. I think there's a song in that somewhere. Her I'm old sure Kentucky there home. is. Yeah, but uh, Lindsay is, uh, you know, uh, studied at the, uh, at the University of Kentucky, so she knows a lot about basketball. And apparently it's a basketball school, not a football school is what we're hearing. How do you fall now in that now. debate? Where do you fall in that <laughs> debate as you speak from expertise? Is it a football school? Is it a basketball school? Is there a third answer? Kentucky is an everything school. We have a volleyball go. national championship, a rifle national championship. We were tennis runner up. We have track <laughs> Olympic gold medalists. But I'll say Kentucky will always be a basketball school. You can quote me on that. They're a blue blood program and the mm -hmm. national title banners prove it. Um, but I love I love football and I am glad that our football program is on the come up. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mark Stoops, right? Yes. That longest uh, tenured coach in the SEC. Oh, pardon me. He's the lot. He's the longest tenured coach in the SEC. Wow, that and especially yeah. at, at Kentucky, that's that's saying something uh, twofold okay. right there. The Stoops name people know from Bob Stoops, and and they should know Mark Stoops by now. He's been around a long time, done a great job, and yeah, you you know you're right. Kentucky is a team to watch. Has been a team to watch now for a couple of years, and that kind of uh, stability only adds more depth to the SEC. Which brings me to an awkward transition to the Sunbelt Conference. Well, maybe not so awkward. So for those who had been paying attention, you know this, but uh, the Sunbelt added four teams this for this school year, for 2022-23 and beyond. It's actually a year earlier than they kind of planned, but it, it's working out. So the football teams include Marshall, which is a great history there with, with uh, quality football, uh, Old Dominion, which has had a, a lot of good years, uh, Southern Miss, which has kind of been on the downturn, but has been pretty good in the past. Uh, Brett Favre, if you go back as long as I do, and I'm leaving somebody out right now. James Madison, which was a power at one double A or FCS as it's called now, and they've got the um, the budget, they've got the 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 coaching, they've got quality players, and they're kind of a not even a wild card. I think everyone knows they're going to be good. It's just a matter of how good. So you add those four teams, and Southern Miss is on the other side of the you know the other side of the the conference from Georgia Southern. So Georgia Southern has three new opponents, not new historically necessarily, but new for a conference game this year. And then you throw on top of that Appalachian state, um, coastal Carolina, uh, Georgia state. I mean, it's just, uh, that's a, uh, it's going to be like a dogfight every week and that's if they're playing well. So what do you think of their schedule of their, their new, the new fit of the Sunbelt conference, especially their division? It might be the best, they're saying it's the best uh, power um, group of five conference division in the country. And I don't know if there's much argument about that, except from the, the West side, which was saying, Hey, we're pretty good too. We got Louisiana, they're defending champ, but 
they haven't proven themselves like the teams on, on the East. So what do you think of the, the way the conference is stacking up, Lindsay? Yeah, I mean, if you're the Sun Belt, you would much rather be adding teams and quality teams than someone like Conference USA that's right. you know leading schools right now. So, and I think even if even if Georgia Southern doesn't play well and the schedule doesn't work out in their favor this year, I think it bodes well for them still in the future that you're in a conference that's set up and has quality opponents. Now, you mentioned the schedule. It's, I mean, it's tough this year. I'm scrolling through looking at it. You've got Ball State, UAB. I don't think is a pushover. Nope. Uh, Louisiana, App State. Yeah, it's it's a tough schedule. Um, You're forgetting Nebraska, which well, you know. No, I didn't forget <laughs> Nebraska. I just that, that's a given. That's going to be a tough one. So yeah, great. and it's funny. People, I I think have the idea because Scott Frost is in on a serious hot street, a hot seat, not a hot streak. He's hoping for a hot yeah. streak, especially in Nebraska. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's uh, hasn't lived up to expectations. And they've been always good for decades, and they're kind of on the down side of their of the conference for them. But you know, they still recruit great. They still recruit huge guys, um, and they're going to be hosting Georgia Southern in a big, huge, monolithic memorial stadium full of red-clad, cheering, intense yeah. boosters supporters. So it's going to be a very unfriendly confines for Georgia Southern and. Um, you, you throw that road game in there. You mentioned UAB, which has had some really good seasons. Um, and then the conference teams uh, in Coastal Carolina, people are kind of looking at it, like kind of squinting, like, yes, they have the the quarterback back, Grayson McCall, the two-time conference player of the year, probably the three, you know, the offense player of the year uh, uh, favored right now, but they lost a lot of guys to graduation to the NFL even. So if they're kind of due to have some vulnerabilities, if I can say that, I'm not on TV. I I don't have to say that normally, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think what Clay Helton probably had it right. And I know it sounded like coach speak, but he talked about every game you have to, he said this at the uh, Sunbelt meetings, uh, media football meetings, every game, you better be ready to play every game. You better be on top of your game because there's no gimmies. And it's not like they have a target on their back. Maybe when Georgia State or uh, App State is playing, there's an a, you know especially big target uh, rivalry wise. But I think every game they're 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 probably not going to be favored just on paper unless they get a, some momentum going and a win streak going. They're probably not going to be favored in August for a lot of the games this season. I think the um, the predictions have put them near the bottom of the division. Uh, four, five, six wins, maybe seven wins if things break the white right way. I mean, there's a lot of teams in this conference that you look at their record and that's not the full story. They, there's a lot of teams that lost four to six games, maybe South Alabama or Georgia State. I might mix them up by like a, a one score or less. And so, you you know, they won some close games, lost some close games. So what do you, what do you want to see out of Georgia Southern uh, that opening weekend that's going to give you some cautious optimism that this is going to be a good year? I think they need to beat Morgan State and they need to beat them fairly handily, I would say. Um, We would see Georgia Southern a lot, I think, in the Lunsford era. They would be winning games, but they would always kind of leave the door open. It seemed like the other team always had a chance. You got to shut the door. You're talking (laughs) the Campbell Camels, the Gardner-Webb. These games were nerve-wrackingly close for for the people on the edge of their seats in in Paulson Stadium. Yeah, they, they need to win, and they need to win it you know, I don't think you need to beat them by 40, but I would say two touchdowns. Yeah, I, I almost feel 
it's a totally different coaching staff, a lot of different players, a lot of the same, but I almost feel like if, if people want to base it on very recent history, they did open last season with Gardner Webb. They had a tough game at Florida Atlantic where they lost Derek Canteen. Uh, the whole quarterback situation we talked last week on the podcast with Danny Reed about, I'll, we'll touch on it here, but that when they went into Arkansas last year, and you know Arkansas real well, that they went into the, like the, the hottest team in the SEC or pre, right up there, right. Arkansas was. So that was totally bad scheduling from five years ago or whatever. To, yeah. So so I don't know. I almost feel like if, if, if Nebraska is due after all the heartache or, or underachieving that they've had, if they're due and this is the season uh, that they play in Ireland, I think this week, and if they're, they're ready for Georgia Southern, it's almost like you got to throw that one out. Like it's not a conference game. It's a brutal right. road game. So you take well, that they can out. Still come back wins yeah. at UAB ball state and at coastal. I think that would make up for it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you, you know, I think the, the, the big word is progress. They need to show that where they are at the beginning of the year and where, where they are at the end of the year, whether it's a bowl game or not, whether it's playing for a conference championship, which is very optimistic, uh, maybe uh, a winning record. Winning, ah, see, there you go. Yeah, I think anywhere between uh, four to five wins is probably, you know, analytically how it might shake out, but they play them one at a time. You've heard that before. So I think one thing, and you've gotten to see him a lot, one thing that gives you confidence, gave me confidence that it's going to be different from last year. It's not going to be a three and nine campaign necessarily. Maybe in record, it would be similar, but in terms of the way they played is the quarterback play. Uh, last, last year, you had five different guys behind center. From week to week, we didn't know who was going to start. I don't know if they knew who was going to start. Totally different. And you had almost no experience playing college quarterback on the roster. This season, they have almost no experience playing college quarterback on the seat, on the, but they have a roster full of high school quarterbacks and college transfers. And one guy, Kyle Van Trees, with a ton of experience, who's going to be the starter. Uh, there's no question about that. So it's like, as long as Kyle Treese is healthy and playing well, they're going to be in the game. Do you have that feeling that as long as they have the guy at the controls, yeah. that things are going to be a lot smoother, certainly? Yeah, I would say that's the case. I mean, he's definitely QB1. That's not up for debate at this point. So that's something. You at least know who your starting quarterback is. And the quarterback room is young. So when he graduates – um, you know, hopefully they will have taken a lot from his experience in leadership. That's something they've talked a lot about is Van Trees's leadership um, mm -hmm. and bringing some of the younger guys along, um, even though he's not been at Georgia Southern, he's at least been in a college football game. Yeah. And technically he's played at Nebraska as well as some of the other opponents. He, but he was with Buffalo for the past uh, four plus oh, okay. seasons. And he actually, not only played against Nebraska, I, I'm pretty sure Nebraska beat Buffalo, but not the Buffalo Bills. Now we're talking the University of Buffalo, but <laughs> no, they were a good program. They had Jared Patterson a couple of years back, uh, mm -hmm. outstanding runner. But last season they they were had a new coach and new system, I guess, and some lot of changes. And, and and Kyle was there, and he actually ended up punting at Nebraska, and I think he had an 82 yarder. I think it rolled. He it wasn't on the fly, so he was like <laughs> the emergency backup punter. And I think it was 82 yards, which is like a Buffalo record. And um, I said, are you going to get it? Would you consider punting again at Nebraska? And he said, no, no, it would ruin my average. There's no way he's going <laughs> to chance that again. So he's, he's very, yeah. So they're good there. Is there anything, uh, any other aspects of the team that you really like going forward stuff that jumped out at you? 
I think the secondary looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they do have a lot of weapons for Vantrese as far as uh, receivers. And also, you know, you have the – I know they're not running the option, but you you do have some solid running backs as well. Yeah. they uh, Yeah, they like their running backs. That was considered the strength of the team. Uh, wide receivers, like you mentioned, they've really stocked up, which is really going against the grain because Georgia Southern doesn't have a history – of a stockpile of wide receivers because they only throw to them like six to 10 times a game. I'm not, you know, any one yeah. wide receiver would be happy with two targets. That's not going to be the case. And we don't know how much they're going to throw based on the spring game. What was it like 67 passes in the, the spring game? We don't anticipate that, but we anticipate a lot of, a lot of quick passes, some deep passes, basically taking whatever the defense gives. And I did want to go back. You were talking about quarterbacks and the young quarterbacks and having somebody ready to go in. Uh, if not this season, the next season, that's where Brian Ellison, your Western Kentucky connection goes. They had excellent quarterback play, excellent wide receivers at Western Kentucky, led the NCAA in passing yards, right? Passing average per game and passing yards. Did you get a chance to see Western Kentucky last season? And what, what might people in the right circumstances, what could, how do you describe what their offense was last year? I never saw them in person. I would catch, you know, games or highlights here and there, but yeah, they like to air it out a lot at WKU and, uh, Actually, Helton's son is now in in that quarterback room at Western Kentucky. So, um, yeah, and his they, brother's they like the head coach. Yeah, Tyson. Yeah, keeping it in the family. Yeah, he said, "I stole your offensive coordinator, but I'll send you a quarterback instead." So, <laughs> there's a lot Fair of uh, there's a lot of people knowing. And you mentioned the defensive secondary. You know, here's the incredible thing: just the fact that you're mentioning that shows a huge leap because they were ranked near the bottom in all of uh, FBS schools. In as far as the defensive pass defense, I should say that's not totally to blame on the the secondary. They just get most of the blame as people watch right. games. But but you you know the linebackers, but especially the defensive line has to put pressure on the quarterback. But the defensive secondary had has to hold up their end. And from a pass defense, in a couple major stats, they were next to last or third to last in all of FBS. Talking in the one thirties, that's a terrible place to be. Uh, now they practice all the time against passing a passing team. They added a bunch of guys in the secondary. Uh, we mentioned uh, 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 Wylan Free or Wayland Free pronounces it, and uh, we have a kid Denton from Ole Miss. You have uh, Derek Canteen back from Georgia Southern from last year. That's a huge addition of just keeping a guy who uh, people think might get to the NFL someday. Uh, he's back from an injury, missed basically all but. He got injured early in the second game of the season. So you bring him back. You bring those other guys back who were at Power 5 conference or major programs. And then Will Harris is the defensive coordinator. All he did was uh, he was secondary coach at Washington. All they did was lead the NCAA in pass defense. I think they only gave up six touchdown passes all year, which is like a a bad day for certain Sunbelt conference defenses. Maybe six right. in one day but uh, okay. or two two games. So you're optimistic about those aspects. Um, I guess we're, we're coming to a close here. What other things do you hope to see in your short remaining time covering Georgia Southern, unless weirdly your Lexington, Kentucky station wants you to do a feature on Clay Helton. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think, you know, I think Eagle nation really just wants to see improvement. Um, I, I do think they're being pretty realistic in the fact that when you're rebuilding a program, it's hard to just flip it around in one year. Like, I don't think they're going to win 10 games. And I don't think most of the fan base thinks that. I mean, that'd be cool. A few of did. them do. A few of them are like, it'd be cool if they did. It'd be a heck of a story. But um, 
I, I think they want to see a winning record first. Mm-hmm. You need to win week one. And I think just improvement, you know what I mean? They're not leaving yeah. the door open late in games. They just, just little things like that, I think, make a big difference. And like I said, I don't think you, a college football program is so hard to turn around in just a year. Like mm-hmm. basketball, you know what I mean? You got five guys. You can you can flip it around pretty easy. But football, I think it takes a couple of years. Was that a one-and-done reference to John Calipari in Kentucky? I guess it was, and I need them <laughs> to flip it around. And I need oh. – <laughs> I okay. need them to turn it around in the year, but um, okay. I don't know if we can expect that for Helton and the okay. Eagles. We've, we've only got a few minutes left, so I'll give you the last word. Is there anything you want to say on this show, on your first and, in theory, last appearance? Hopefully not, but uh, what do you want to say about your experience in Savannah, covering not just Georgia Southern oh, and Savannah State, but high schools, especially you have that Friday night highlight show. You want to plug that? Yeah, you guys can watch the end zone. Um That'll be my very last show at WTSC on the 30th, but every Friday night in between then at 1120, you can tune into WTSC and see the end zone with Jake Wallace and I for all of your Savannah and Savannah area and low country scores and highlights. Okay. And that's September 30th. You're talking about. Yes. September 30th is my last day. So I've still got, I've still got a month. Okay. So you, you need to make your, your, your run your errands around Savannah. So you get to all the places you always wanted to go before, while you were in town, you got a lot of I pressure. Know, no kidding. No kidding. A lot of pressure to get to all these places, but you, you, you had a great time. We really thank you. Uh, of course done an amazing job for all these, these years. And, um, a lot of times, uh, you, you know, you had to work a lot of long hours. I, I know, uh, from seeing you out there or you tweeting at two 30 in the morning when I'm still up, and, uh, yeah. you know, uh, Lindsay, uh, you know, Jake, um, was, is there, but he also d- has a different shift. So, and different mm-hmm. responsibilities. So if people are confused. Lindsay is operating solo a lot of the week, right? You don't have yeah, uh, no. a right, a right-hand person. Well, Jake is still my right-hand person, but we are a one person sports department. Jake has small kids and shifted into our digital anchor role so that he could spend more time with his family. Um, and he helps me out on Friday nights very graciously and Saturdays when I need it. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. Um, he pinch hits on Saturdays. Occasionally, if I get Mm -hmm. sent to Athens, he'll run over to Savannah state or Statesboro for me. Um, so Jake is great and he still moonlights, I guess, as a sports (laughs) anchor, even though he's technically our digital anchor. I don't think you could stop him if he wanted to, right? No, I think he gets the itch. And so yeah, no, he's, <laughs> Friday night football scratches the itch once a week and he's good. Yeah. I think, isn't he the son of a broadcaster? I think he told me that he one. is. his dad um, was a sports director at our sister station in Albany. And then Jake ran that sports department and they actually anchored alongside each other. Uh, his wow. dad, Jim was the main anchor and Jake was the sports director. So they kind of a shared Ken the Griffey and Ken Griffey jr. Situation yeah. for those younger, older yeah, folks yeah. out there like me, Lindsay, look it up on Google. You'll see. Yeah, so, no, I do know who, <laughs> who he is. Uh, we're out of time. Lindsay, thanks so much. Uh, everybody listening, I really appreciate Lindsay was a wonderful guest. She's going to Kentucky. Where th- it's a basketball state, but uh, <laughs> and some horse racing too. Don't forget. Yes. So she's got to get her mint juleps on. But uh, anyway, wonderful to have you on. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back uh, after uh, the week after George Sutton plays Morgan State to talk about that game and look forward to Nebraska. And uh, everybody, thanks very much, and we'll see you next time. Oh, he will. 
degree in Peterson. He's taking care of things right now. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern. Pass swings. On the way. 